Hey, this is Taylor and welcome back to another message from Elevate Retake. We are continuing on in our series, Rethinking Church, and the title for this week's sermon is Faith, Love, and Trouble. A key text or texts we will be taking a look at is 1 Thessalonians, the entire chapter three. So I'm going to read the last two to three verses of chapter three, starting in verse 11. May God, our Father and our Lord Jesus, bring us to you very soon. And may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow, just as our love for you overflows. May he, as a result, make your hearts strong, blameless, and holy as you stand before God our Father when our Lord Jesus comes again with all his holy people. Amen. Your engaged question as you listen to this message is, how does your faith help others? Father God, thank you for bringing us through another week. God, we're here in this space. We're coming asking the question how our faith might help others. Coming to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, and God, we need a word today. We need a word from on high. Some of us have come today saying, yeah, this, I, it's maybe one of the last times. God, I need something today. God, thank you for being faithful. Thank you for showing up, making this space holy ground that we can come and meet with you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1. It'll be on the screen or in the Bible that you have in front of you. Finally, when we could stand it no longer, we decided to stay alone in Athens and we sent Timothy to visit you. He's our brother and God's co-worker in proclaiming the good news of Christ. Verse 3. We sent him to strengthen you, to encourage you in your faith, and to keep you from being shaken by the troubles you were going through. But you know that we are destined for such troubles. They continue on in verse four. Even while we were with you, we warned you that troubles would soon come, and they did, as you well know. In verse five, that is why when I could bear it no longer, I sent Timothy to find out whether your faith was still strong. I was afraid that the tempter had gotten the best of you and that our work had been useless. Probably tired of it already, But the theme keeps coming back. Paul, Silas, and Timothy want to be with the Thessalonian people. That is their utmost desire. Paul is bursting with excitement that maybe, just maybe, we're going to be able to get back together and we can come and I can worship and I can help you and we we can do this thing together. Last week we looked at how the devil hindered him from going and and we got to keep our eyes focused on Jesus and and, and when he's coming back, and, and the fact that he is coming back as opposed to whatever the devil can throw in our way. But again, the words of Paul, Silas, and Timothy, you hear that longing in verse 1 of Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. That when we could bear it no longer, there was no other way. Finally, we had to do something. We're going to send Timothy. Timothy's going to go back. Paul and Silas are going to remain in Athens. But Timothy, would you go back to Thessalonica? Would you go find out what's going on in that community? Maybe, just maybe, we can help from a distance, but Timothy, would you let us know? Three reasons for Timothy's return to the church in Thessalonica. First, 
he was sent to strengthen and encourage their faith. Wouldn't Timothy be a fun guy to have walk in our community, into our church? Someone that came specifically to elevate to Keen Church to strengthen and encourage us in our faith. I know I need it. I'm sure some of us need it as well. Paul or Timothy's number one goal was to strengthen and encourage them. Also, he was sent to keep them from being shaken by troubles. We know that something happened to, to make Paul, Silas, and Timothy, they were forced to leave the city of Thessalonica, and there was something else that was inhibiting their return. And Paul had this view in mind that there's, there's something deeper going on here, and maybe the church in Thessalonica needs some encouraging because they're going through troubles as well. We're not alone in these troubles. And lastly, Timothy was sent to provide Paul with an update on their spiritual condition. I remember uh, a few years ago, uh, my wife and I, who was, she was then my, my girlfriend at the time, right before she was my fiance, we, we went on a mission trip to Brazil. And we had a, a blast, got on a boat in Manaus and headed five hours back into the deep heart of the Amazon River. No cell service, and it was glorious. About 10 days, uh, just soaking up the beauty that was around us, working with a village to help provide clean water for them and also build a home in that community. And I remember before we left talking with my parents and they said, you know, let us know when you get there and like when, you, when you're headed out. But we know there's, there's going to be a few days that we're not going to be able to communicate and talk. But as soon as you get back to being able to let us know what's happening, please, please let us know. And so we, we enjoyed our time on the Amazon River. I remember waking up in the morning and um, jumping into the Amazon to take my shower. Um, no joke, we had a boat right on the river. It was great. A couple first days, a little trepidatious, but then the locals are like, nah, it's fine. Just, you know, make sure you look out for the stuff that might kill you. Uh, <laughs> so you jump in, you jump out, you know, as long as you're not in there for too long. Uh, but we had, we had a great time, helped, helped a lot of people provide clean water for them. We built that house and everything. And we're headed back. And I remember we got back to where uh, I had Wi-Fi connection, and I remember calling home to mom. Now, kids, always call home to mom, okay? That's just free of charge this morning. Moms are saying, yes, please do it. Call home to mom. And I remember calling home to mom, and uh, we call. And when, when uh, she said hello on the other side, she knew it was me that was calling. I could hear the excitement in her voice. And she's like, I, I, I'm at, I think you were at the dentist, right? Weren't you at the dentist when I called, do you remember? She's like, I'm in the dentist chair right now, but I, I, well, tell me all about it. I've only got a couple of minutes, but please tell me how everything went. I have that vision in mind when, when Paul is sending Timothy to go to the church in Thessalonica. He's like, remember he said, we, we treated you as a loving mother while we were with you, a gentle mother. And imagine he's on the other line, just waiting, waiting, waiting for Timothy to call. Well, uh, Timothy wouldn't be able to call. He'd have to travel back and, you know, scrolls and everything else. He's anxiously waiting for good news about what has happened. Anxious enough to send someone to find out about it. And here's, a, I think, the first idea that we have to wrestle with this morning is about how our faith might help others. Within this section of Scripture, these five verses in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, Paul assumes that troubles are universal. He said, we warned you about the troubles that were to come. It's going to be difficult. Following the way of Jesus comes with adversity. 
troubles are guaranteed. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Now, trouble could be avoided, and some of us might need to do uh, better at that, but troubles, those are guaranteed. Jesus put it this way in John chapter 16, verse 33. He told his disciples right before heading to the cross, he said, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. You might have some trials and sorrows. No, he says, you will have many trials and sorrows. Following in the way of Jesus will cost us something. It's not always butterflies and rainbows. It's not always the best that it could possibly be. And there might be some of us here this morning that you've gone through some troubles this week. You've gone through some adversity. Something has been a roadblock in your spiritual life, in your family connection, in your job. I don't know what it might be. And I know it's not super encouraging, but troubles are guaranteed. There's, there's no way around it. Uh, you know the, the great philosopher Murphy and Murphy's Laws? What can go wrong will go wrong. We have to be very careful saying that, right? Because then all of a sudden you say that and then things go wrong and we recognize and everything else. But troubles are guaranteed. That's key to Paul's understanding of God and his understanding of theology and how the church operates. Troubles are guaranteed, but his focus is not on the troubles, but how the Thessalonican church reacts to it. Yeah, those trials, trouble, tribulation, the difficulties, guaranteed. But it's not the trial or the trouble that might get us. It's the tempter that could get us misthinking about who Jesus is. And the tempter that might cause us to veer off track and say, wow, I don't really know if following this Jesus guy is really for me, if this is what it's cut out to be. Man, this is really discouraging to find this wave upon wave of trouble coming on in my life. But Paul's chief concern for them is that the tempter would not use any trial or trouble that came their way to get the best of the Thessalonians. That's why he's so eager and anxious to reach out to them. Timothy spends time with the Thessalonican church And then he comes back with a report. Paul continues the letter, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6. But now Timothy has just returned. He's just walked in the door as we're writing this letter. And he's bringing us good news about your faith and love. He reports that you always remember our visit with joy and that you want to see us as much as we want to see you. Timothy has come back with good news, and this is one of the very few times that in a Pauline epistle or a letter written by Paul that good news is tied to something else or something other than Jesus Christ. Often you find the good news of Jesus Christ, the good news of God, the gospel of Jesus. But here, it's the gospel of the Thessalonian faith and love. It's the good news come back to the proud father and the gentle mother that says, oh, I'm so excited to hear that you are encouraged in your faith, that the trials and troubles that have come your way have not gotten you down, that you remember us being with you for joy. Because remember, you know, sometimes people come to town and it's a little bit of a drag. Like it doesn't always bring joy to your life, right? It says joy while we were with you and you're just as excited to meet back up with us as we are with you. 
This view of trials and troubles helps us know who God is. A God who works in the midst of those trials and troubles that can produce a gospel of good news of great joy. We're not clear, uh, again, what the trials that the Thessalonians went through, but this that we know, they were able to overcome them by the power of God. By their faith in Jesus, they were encouraged to know and walk in the way of God. No trial or trouble stood in their way. And in fact, these trials and troubles, the theme coming back up again and again in in the books of Thessalonians, this idea of joy. And how do we equate those two, right? When we are completely dragged out, bottomed out, trial after trial comes our way, how do we have joy? Throughout Scripture, this echoes and reverberates back and forth. James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Now that is a, like a whole message in and of itself, right? And something that's very, very hard to swallow. When trials and difficulties come, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Often we consider our trials and troubles an opportunity for great grumpiness. And um, yeah, we'll leave it there. Uh, For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Trials and troubles producing joy and a faith that comes out stronger. Peter continues this idea in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6-7. through 7. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. If fire can purify gold, how much more can a trial and a test bring joy and bring edification to our faith in our lives? Peter continues on, finishing this thought. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. And Paul mentions again in Romans, the letter to the Romans, chapter 5, verses 3 and 4. And not only this, but we also exalt in our tribulations, When was the last time you exalted in your tribulations? Praise the Lord, I had trouble this week. That's not often on our lips, and I think it should be more. Knowing that our tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. The trials and troubles that we go through produce many things in our life. Troubles produce strong faith. Think about it in your life. When your faith was tested, when you didn't know how the bills were going to be paid, someone walked out of your life, there was a death in the family, look back at those moments, and those are the moments where God oftentimes feels the closest. Not when we're in the midst of the trial. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes God feels like he's super far away, and we are alone dealing with the consequences of life. But as we look back on our lives, And think about those moments that we've gone through. We have all experienced troubles that have produced stronger faith. In this trial that you're going through now, God is able to turn around and use for your good. He promises it 100%. And the promises of God are yes and amen 
and Jesus Christ. So here's the result. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. So when we have been greatly encouraged in the midst of our troubles and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, because you have remained strong in your faith, it gives us new life to know that you are standing firm in the Lord. Troubles are guaranteed. Troubles produce strong faith. We've got to wrestle with what troubles do in this verse. The troubles and sufferings of the Thessalonian people bring great encouragement and joy to Paul, Silas, and Timothy. And maybe not so much the trials, but how the Thessalonian people are handling those trials. You can think in your life of maybe a spiritual mentor or somebody that you look up to within this community. And when they go through a struggle, they go through a trial, you're looking to them to say, how do they make it through? And it's an encouragement to my faith when I look at somebody else going through a struggle and seeing how they are clinging on to God with all that they have. We've got to wrestle with that. How we handle the difficulties of this life show others who God is. Remember a few years ago when my grandmother passed away, I was asked to share a a few words at her memorial service that we had at uh, one of our family members' homes. And our our family comes with mixed uh, denominational background. Not everybody's on the same page of all the things that, that I personally believe in. And I remember preparing for what I was going to share in that moment. Loved my grandmother. Alzheimer's took her way too soon. Deadly, horrible, horrible disease. But I remember in that moment thinking, man, you know, I love the Seventh-day Adventist message because of the hope it gives us about when people die, what happens to them, and where we might be one day when Jesus comes back and everything is made new. And the thought crossed my mind, this is not the time to break down theologically the state of the dead and say, you guys should have hope because X, Y, Z. No, this is the opportunity to live out my faith in the midst of a trial or trouble. And to come and bear the message that says, I've got hope in a God who restores, hope in a God who brings the dead to life, hope in a God who one day will make all things new. In our lives, when we face trials and troubles, the way that we navigate them shows others who God is. When troubles come, do we get angry? Do we get upset? Do we get in a bad mood where everyone knows about it? Does it change how we treat our neighbor or our friends or our kids, our spouse in a negative way? Do we give up? Do we go into hiding? Or maybe when troubles come, we entrench ourselves in our political ideologies and opinions and everybody else is wrong and I'm right. Maybe, maybe, just maybe when troubles come, do we have patience, peaceful resolve? Do we lean into the difficulty and trust that God will provide? Do we rejoice? Do we look at our trials in the face, eyeball to eyeball, and saying, I am praising God's name today because you ain't got nothing on my God? Do we fall to our knees in worship of a God who will carry us through whatever difficulty may come? You see, how we navigate the darkness, how we navigate the difficult times shows others the God that we serve. 
Faith in the hard times is one of the greatest testimonies of the power of God. How we walk through troubles is the greatest testimony of faith. And how we navigate troubles strengthens the faith of others. This trial that you're going through, it stinks. It's awful. But how you navigate it, how you cling on to God, might be the saving grace that someone else needs. Because shared burdens become lighter. Callings become clearer. Hope becomes brighter. And peace becomes nearer. How we navigate troubles strengthens the faith, faith of others. And here's where we have to finish today. Looking at this entire passage of 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. I'm going to take a moment to read through the last verses of this passage. Paul, Silas, and Timothy come to a moment as they're writing this letter that they literally break out in prayer and rejoicing and worship because of the testimony that Timothy has brought. You ever been there? You've been writing a letter or sending a text message and you, you just, the words just start flowing and they, they, just, they just come and you're just so amazed by what has happened in somebody else's life that the only thing that you can do is praise and worship God. That's what happens to Paul, Silas, and Timothy. They say, how we thank God for you. Because of you, we have great joy as we enter God's presence. They're echoing Psalm 116, verses 13 and 14 that say this. What can I offer to the Lord for all he has done for me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and praise the Lord's name for saving me. Back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. They say, night and day, one before, night and day we pray earnestly for you, asking God to let us see you again to fill the gaps in your faith. We're not done yet. We've got more to tell you about, but we're so grateful for a God who's worked a miracle in your life. And it brings us great joy that you are doing well and that your faith is strong. And here's the prayer. Here's the moment of worship that Paul, Silas, and Timothy break into in verses 11 through 13 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. And this is so important to catch that It might feel a little bit uncomfortable, but this is the blessing we're going to use as we finish today. I'm going to read it now, but we're going to use this blessing this week because I feel it ties so closely in to what we're focusing on. Here's the words. Paul, Silas, and Timothy, as they've seen the gospel of good news come out of the church in Thessalonica, they pray this prayer over the church. They say, may God, our Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ bring us to you very soon. And may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow just as our love overflows for you. May he, as a result, make your heart strong, blameless, and holy as you stand before God our Father when our Lord Jesus comes again with all his holy people. Amen, amen, and amen. Paul, Silas, and Timothy, there singular focus at the end of this chapter is to praise an almighty God for the work that he has been doing in the trouble-stricken church of Thessalonica. It says we're not done yet. We're asking God that he will provide a way for us to come to you, that he will provide a way that you will love one another more than you already are, and that one day we will be able to stand before God together, blameless and holy with every one of God's people when he comes back. 
Troubles in this world are guaranteed. We can't argue about it. But you see, these troubles that we experience produce in us a strong faith. And that strong faith is a testimony to a God who loves, who sent his son to die for us, and who sent the Holy Spirit to be with us every step of the way, even in the worst moment and circumstances. That's the God I serve and the God I worship. And we have to come back to the center of it all, centering in to Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who didn't see it fit to stay up in heaven away from us, but says, I'm coming down to this earth to mix human DNA with heaven's DNA and to say, we're going to do something about this. These troubles and trials that we go through, yes, they are guaranteed, but there's a God who loves us. And at the end of the day, I hope you have a moment to come back to the center of what Christianity is all about. It's about Jesus. It's a rethinking church. The, the, the one word to describe the reason why we're here is because of Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. Our praise team is going to come up and lead us in a final song. And I encourage you, wherever you are, whether you're at home, whether you're here in this space, to lean in to this moment as a community. We worship a God who loves us and is pouring out his love for all people. That we as a community would come back to the center. That Jesus would be the center of our lives. And that Jesus would be the center of this church. How does your faith help others? You know, this is an awesome question, and it's okay if you don't know the answer right off the bat. I actually want to challenge you in this upcoming week to really devote this question to prayer and to ask God, Lord, maybe I don't know how, but you can show me how I can use my faith to help others. And that's my challenge for you. So pray about it, think about it, and really give it to God. And I want to do that, so I challenge you to do that. Thank you so much for listening to this message of Elevate, Retake. We appreciate you and all of your support to make this ministry possible. I encourage you to look for upcoming episodes. We will be posting later this week where Pastor Michael will dive deeper into the message with some awesome young adults. And you'll be able to catch that later this week. Tune in and thank you so much for listening. You are loved and you are thought of. Thank you for supporting us here at Elevate Retake.